Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Great to be here with you, Ryan. He is within arm's reach of me That's right it. now, folks. That's right. I have Pastor Nick Plummer We're gonna right do this thing. here. We only have two portions left for the book of Leviticus, and you know that's my favorite book. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys, uh, you have like a, a fan club for Leviticus, right? It's, it's I'm trying, yeah. How many members is it up to? Uh, one. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so we are studying uh, the book of Leviticus, as you guys know, and we are in the Torah portion, Behar, which means on the mountain. Har meaning mountain, Be meaning on, Behar. And uh, this is in Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 1 and goes through to chapter 26 and verse 2. It is uh, a little one in number, but lots of verses here. Uh, in chapter 25. So uh, we're going to jump right in. We sure are. Once again, uh, chapters in Leviticus, chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. Chapters 18 and 27 is the walk with God. The theme is, of course, holiness. This book, uh, this book actually starts with consecration and ends with consecration. Just remember that. It's the meat of the Torah. To the left is Genesis and Exodus, and to the right is Numbers and Deuteronomy. You know, the exciting thing is, as you begin to look at this book, uh, we are in, of course, the chapter 25, and uh, the title is Sabbath Years and the Year of Jubilee, which is being uh, announced. Once again, this is God's calendar. When you keep God's calendar, you are walking with God, everyone. When you take out your day planner and you put God on the calendar that he wants you to follow, you are walking with God, and that will allow you to be at the right place at the right time. So that's really, really cool. Just like I said, this portion, another portion, and we'll be finishing it up. And then, of course, we can go into the book of Numbers and we can see where we blew it. Didn't apply anything that we learned and we fell into some serious mischief. The children of Israel, our ancestors in the past, but we'll get into that. Once again, we're going to learn from their examples, okay? So, Ryan is going to go ahead and read uh, Leviticus chapter 25, verses 1 through 16. This is in regard to the Sabbath years and the year of Jubilee. Once again, holy time. Uh, that is right. So here we go. And the Lord spake unto Moses in, the Mount, in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed. For it is a year of rest unto the land, and the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for thy beast uh, that are in thy land shall all the increase thereof be meat." And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. And the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the Day of Atonement 
uh, shall ye take shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land, and ye shall hallow the fifteenth year. The, I'm sorry, the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall be the fiftieth year. Uh, that shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee, it shall be holy unto you. Ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee ye shall return every man unto his possession. And and if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, or buyest aught of thy neighbor's hand, Ye shall not oppress one another. According to the number of years after the jubilee, thou shalt buy of thy neighbor, and according unto the number of years of the fruits, he shall sell unto thee. According to the multitude of years, thou shalt increase the price thereof, and according to the fullness of the fewness of years, thou shalt diminish the price of it. For according to the number of years of the fruits, doth he sell unto thee. Wow, so here we go, dealing with the uh, measurement of time, Sabbath years and the year of Jubilee. So what is to happen to the land every seven years? Uh, Well, it would be a Sabbath rest. Yeah, a Sabbath rest. That's Leviticus 25, verse 4. Let's see here. So essentially no sowing and no reaping? So in the seventh year. So you do six years, right? And then that seventh year is is rest. Correct. Yeah, it's not seven years then a rest. So, it'll be six years. Then the seventh year is the rest. Right. Gotcha. So anyway, as as we look at verses eight, nine, and ten, I want to read these to you as we as we kick this off. It says, "And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto the unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years." shall be unto the 49 years. Wow. So we're heading towards this Jubilee. Uh, Seven Sabbaths times seven years is 49 years. Basically, that's what it is. Uh, In verse 9 of 25, Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, in the day of atonement, Yom Kippur. Shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. So right out of the gate here, uh, I'm on verse 9. We'll get into 10. But the question is, when did the Jubilee start and when is the next Jubilee? That's where the debate rests. That's where it lies. But I find it interesting that on the Day of Atonement, uh, it's actually going to be a a trumpet blast, the great trump, the last trump. uh, It's it's referenced as being the Day of Atonement. It will announce the Jubilee. Wow. And so the controversy there is that we know it starts on Yom Kippur of the 49th year, correct? Right, but yeah. But then the question is, is that the first year in the next cycle? Well, I mean, if you think about the biblical calendar versus the civil calendar, what I'm saying is that if you count, like I said, if, if they count the Day of Atonement on or whatever, you got Yom Teruah, uh, which is in the seventh month of the first day in the civil calendar. So yeah, you would actually, you would actually do that, I'm sure, if, if you look at the interpretation among Judaism or the Jewish people. So yeah, once so again, we could we could totally go into like all kinds of calendar well, we stuff. can't, we can't. But the <laughs> but problem is, Ryan, to. what we want to do is we want to find the principle. Right. Look at the principle that's right. found here. Now, verse ten, Levit- Leviticus twenty-five ten, and you shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you. And you shall return every man unto his possession, and you shall return every man unto his family. 
So this is even a time where debts are canceled. All kinds of incredible things are happening. Uh, once again, it's God's calendar. It's the walk with God. And uh, I find it interesting, you know, debts canceled and, and, and we have all this taking place. And it's, it's not just that. Well, and, and in accordance with the laws of savory, right, every seventh year we're releasing the the debt right so you they work right. for six years there's and on no the seventh, interest being paid when on, you get to debt. the 50th year though it's like even if you started mid midstream you know you're you're free to go well yeah you know here's here's an interesting question so the year of jubilee is announced in the 50th year on the day of atonement with the blast of the trumpet it is a time where everyone returns to their possession and debts are canceled what are you looking forward to in regard to the promises of god ryan what do you think so what are you looking forward to as far as your inheritance? I mean, you have this lifestyle now, Ryan, and we know that if you're in Christ, you're the seed of Abraham. Oh, yeah. We know in Romans 11, we're grafted in. We know Ephesians 2, once we are far away, he's brought us near. We're the commonwealth of Israel. I think I see where you're going with this. But what I'm saying is that, is there any reflection of the land in your thought process or your ideology? Is the land a big deal? Is the land a part of your inheritance? So uh, I'm thinking like somewhere north of the Galilee. Okay, so you you are in agreement. It has it has something. To I've do already with the picked land. my spot. Actually, you know what I mean. I've already kind of figured out. Uh, I just got to get the money together. And let's I don't do want to go too far north of Galilee because there are minefields. Uh, well, yeah, the Golan Heights is beautiful. That's but... why you get livestock. Let me go out there and find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't let your children play out there first. Just set the lambs out, the sheep out, maybe chickens. That's not right. We need some more weight, though. And there's, there's actually landmines up north, you know. No, I know that part. But I, I'm thinking like on the Galilee itself, you know. I'm thinking the, that's probably safe then. And 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 so what I'm thinking is, you know, that's probably an area where you know Jesus was and hung out, and I can just see myself hanging out there, you know. If you look at a biblical map, right above Galilee, to the right is actually the inheritance of Manasseh. And to the left is Naphtali. If you draw a straight line up the Sea of Galilee, to the left would be Naphtali, and to the right is, is called East Manasseh. Very interesting, isn't it? Huh. So anyway, as we begin to, to, to look at this, you know, um, another thing that's really interesting is the fact that if you go back to cities of refuge, there were three cities of refuge on the left side of the Jordan, on the, on the west side, and on the east side, three cities of refuge as well. And what's interesting is that if you were, of course, uh, went to one of these cities and you were found to be innocent, you weren't even allowed to leave to go back to your inheritance or to your possessions until the high priest died. Right. Very interesting. So I would say Yeshua is our high priest. When he died, he's given us back our inheritance. You know, like the prodigal son, he was in the house at one time. See, we were all supposed to be at Mount Sinai. Moses says to those that are here and to those that are not here, as he's reading the Torah. So we were not there 3,500 years ago, but now we're getting the Torah. Now we know that we were not there, but it's applicable to today. And so once again, if you think about debts canceled, going back to your inheritance, uh, it's interesting. It, it, I have these three big Legos here, and they're all connected. One says Bible, one says people, 
and one says land. So all three of these make a whole. All one-third of these make a whole. So Bible, people, and land are all synonymous, everybody. You cannot pick and choose. You can't just look at the people in the Bible. You can't just look at the land in the Bible. You can't just look at the Bible itself, the, the Holy Scriptures. You have to put it all together. And that's the phenomenon that is happening today in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. Among the nations, Gentiles are coming out to get their inheritance. And as we begin to look at this particular case in point, uh, there's, there's a question here. Did the Lord want his people to oppress others? No. So let's say you fall into debt, you're into servitude. It's our responsibility to rehabilitate and help and get them in a better state of mind, to get them into a better place. So, you know, he does not want us to oppress others. So uh, let's continue on because we, we're going to read this particular chapter because it's just one chapter and two verses uh, in this Torah portion of chapter 25 and two verses in 26. Let's look at the sabbatical year, which we would call the Shemitah. Now you can find this on Wikipedia. You can discover this for yourself. It's the Shemitah, the sabbatical year. So Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter 25. We're going to get into verses 18 to 24. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Kahn has really made the Shemitah yeah, he wrote a book about really the popular. Uh, a lot of Christians have come into the knowledge of the word Shemitah. Um, all right, so 18 through 24. Wherefore ye shall do my statutes and keep my judgments and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety. And the land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your fill and dwell therein in safety. And if ye shall say, What shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing upon the sixth year, and it shall bring forth for a fruit for three years. And ye shall sow the eighth year, and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year. Until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in the land of your possession ye shall grant a redemption for the land. Boom! So let's break it down. We know that uh, we counted seven Sabbaths, or seven uh, years, uh, times seven, uh, gives us 49 years. And then the 50th year, on the Day of Atonement, the Jubilee is announced. Now we're looking at this, uh, breaking it down uh, by year, the sabbatical year. So uh, after the sixth year, going into the seventh year, uh, he, he wanted the land to have a rest from planting and all of that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. I guess you had basic care or whatever. But the bottom line is that there's no planting. And, and that's Leviticus 25, verse 20. The Lord commanded that in the seventh year the land shall have a rest with no planting. That's a yes. Uh, now, here's where it gets very interesting. Uh, it says in Leviticus 25, 21, Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool trick. So at the end of six, he said, don't worry. Because I, you're going to do this, the agricultural <laughs> fruition, the fruit, everything, whatever, whatever it is, is going to give you enough food for three years. Wow. I mean, that, that's mind-boggling. you got to really trust God on that. And here's a natural calendar, an agricultural calendar, right in front of us. Because it's telling you that, uh, it says here, And you shall sow the eighth year, and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year. So you're even in the eighth year, going into the ninth year, until her fruit comes in, you shall eat of the old store. Uh, and so here we have this. Um, which is which is really really so it's giving you almost like some 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 retail warehousing information there right so first in first out it, it, it reminds me when FIFA. he provided the manna on the sixth day 
You didn't have to collect it on the seventh. Right. You'd, you'd right, have right, enough. Right. You would yeah. have enough. And so in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23, this is incredible. Here's a great question. Who does the land belong to? The Lord. The United Nations. Uh, no, it says the, the land shall not be sold. I think it says forever, for the land is mine. This is God talking. For ye are strangers and sojourners with me. So it's, it's, it's his land. We're just, and by we, I mean anybody who is living there is just a stranger and a sojourner with him. You know, land for peace is not going to work. Look at Gaza. How many rockets have been fired from Gaza into Israel? Now, don't be desensitized when you're listening to this. Think about it. What if Mexico just starts shooting rockets into Texas? Are they just going to put their you know, cowboy boots on and cowboy hats on and just go into a shelter? No, no. Rockets will be returned. Yeah, no kidding. There's gonna be there's gonna be another Alamo. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it ain't yeah, gonna yeah. be pretty. Nope. So, or even Canada into North America. No, nobody in their right mind would allow that. But yet the world idly sits by and okay's this. I mean, if one state was shooting rockets to another state, you know they would shut it down. And this is what we're dealing with. I mean, it's it's just to me, it's idiotic. I mean, really and truly. And, and we need to bring this uh, to our, our prayer life and, and make people aware of what's going on. You know, um, they have 30 seconds to get into a shelter, you know, and, and it's just not worth it. You know, uh, and anti-Semitism is so bad that a family left to go back to the States because of the bombing and the rockets were so bad. And, and one of those people died in a shooting in a synagogue. They survived the rockets of Gaza only to be murdered in a synagogue because they were Jewish. So do you see where we're at, everybody? Think about it. Now, in, in, in Joel chapter 3, uh, this is interesting. In, in verse 1, we're going to talk about the land. For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I, also will, uh, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Wow, he's not happy. He's bringing them into the Valley of Jehoshaphat. That's the area of Jerusalem, by the way. It's not the Jezreel Valley. You, you, he says here, you, uh, For my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. So he is not happy about that, folks. Land for peace. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen, folks. Uh, if you do your own little study, uh, from my understanding, there's over 500,000 uh, inhabitants that, that are Jewish throughout the West Bank. Uh, I'm not sure the count of the, of the Arabs or the Palestinian population. Some say 2 million or whatever, but they don't have good numbers for whatever reason. But the bottom line is that there's almost a half a million Jews scattered throughout the West Bank. I don't see you uprooting them like you did Gaza, you know, at all. So, you know, here's, here's what we have. The land belongs to the Lord. Now, this is where it gets to be very interesting to care for one another and, and want to, each other to be successful. If a person sold away some of his possessions, could his relatives redeem them? And by redeem them, we're talking buy it back, right? Yeah, to buy back. Like, possessions would be like your land, It's not just return. It's, it's like a voucher yeah, to, it, it is. for an opportunity to get it back. Absolutely. Okay. So, I want you all to think about this. If, if, if the land belongs to the Lord and he establishes it to Israel, and you're grafted in. Do you think you got something at stake? I mean, think about who's in the land of Israel right now. You have the Baha'i Faith Headquarters. 
You know, you have the Druze, you have Greek Orthodox that have land, you have you have uh, Catholics that have land. You you know you you have Russian Orthodox. You know, and so what I'm saying is that you know if if land was the first promise given to Abraham, you you should want to be interested. Uh, in the land of Israel. Now, once again, uh, all country property is redeemable in the year of Jubilee. All country property is redeemable in the year of Jubilee. That's found in Leviticus chapter 25, verses 25 through 28. Uh, A walled city property can be redeemed only for one year. Okay, so uh, let's say your house is attached to the city. Uh, The walled city property can be redeemed only for one year. Leviticus chapter 25, verses 29 and 30. Uh, all village property redeemable in the year of Jubilee. All village property is redeemable in the year of Jubilee. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 31. Now, now hear me out on this. If, if I'm not mistaken, the size of, of Israel is not that big. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's the size of New Jersey. It is the size of New Jersey, like 8,000 square miles. Now, now, check this out. So if you look at the land mass, and you look at what the Arabs have, what the Arabs control... The Jews don't even have 1% of the land mass that the Arabs have. Now, we're not anti-Arab here. I'm just, I'm just proving a point. So the Jews don't even have 1% of the land mass, yet the Arabs want that too. Think about it, everyone. Now, that's idiotic. That doesn't make any sense at all. That doesn't make any sense at all. And as we go into this whole redeeming thing, even the Levites can be redeemed in this regard. Uh, it says in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 32, Notwithstanding... The cities of the Levites and the houses of the cities of their possession may the Levites redeem at any time, at any time. So that's good news. It doesn't have to be the year of Jubilee. It's any time. Um, it says here, the, the cities of the Levites and the houses of the cities of their possession may the Levites redeem at any time. Uh, no country property of Levites can ever be sold. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 34 and then, of course, uh, in Leviticus chapter 25, verses 35 through 43, there's quite a bit of scriptures there. All poor brothers to be relieved and helped back to prosperity. Wow. You know what's interesting about the Jewish mindset, the Jewish culture? They help their brother to succeed. And it falls back on you. When you help your brother and you help them to be successful and they have integrity or whatever it is, uh, it's going to come back on you. But it seems, even among Christianity or the world, it's every man for himself. It's a dog-eat-dog world or something. And that's not the kingdom of God. You know, you reap what you sow. So if you want others to succeed, you will succeed. I've learned this uh, more than once I've learned this. Um, and of course, we get into this, uh, if a brother was sold as a, a hired servant, how long did he have to serve? Till the Jubilee. Until the year of Jubilee, right there. That, that's, what, that's what it's all about. And of course, if you look at the 50 years and the debt and the servitude, it's, it's supposed to be prorated. So by the time you get to the year of Jubilee, all debts are canceled. Right. So let's just say you got to prorate something. Well, it says know. that specifically. Right. Yeah. It does. It does say that. And you're into commerce. I am. So do you, do you have anything to say about that? I mean, just, just the fact that it, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a refresh of the economy every single time, right? So that... Um, you make a mistake, right? It's not going to generational generationally affect you unless you decide at the year of Jubilee that you don't want it back or, or so on and so forth. Um, 
I think a lot of people get confused with it. There's, there's some specifics here that make it make more sense than it does just at face value. So like when you go and you read, you know, hey, you, you work for six years and on the seventh you're free. And oh, by the way, there's other laws that talk about that you have to provide that individual now with an inheritance. Um, you can't just leave them, um, you know, just let them go and, and be poor again to put themselves back into slavery or back into servitude. Same idea um, with the, the, the law of Jubilee that, uh, hey, you know, we sold this property in order to be able to do X, Y, or Z. Uh, but guess what? You know, in, in 30 years, once we hit the year of Jubilee, we can go and buy that property back uh, if, if we so choose. And so those are, those are things that are just built into the system that God created uh, for the land so that uh, there, there would be kind of an equity uh, amongst, you know, amongst peoples and generations and things like that. Pretty cool. That is awesome. I mean, think about it. So as we move on down the line here, of course, we have all kinds of different people coming out of Egypt as well. We had a mixed multitude come out as well. Uh, and that's what we're kind of seeing today. Uh, Israel is like a big thing of goulash if you look at it. You have natural branches, wild branches, the people coming out of the nations that are non-Jews. It's exciting. But, uh, of course, I'll tell you, uh, the question is, who would serve the children of Israel as bondmen and bondmaids? Uh, Leviticus 25, verse 44, it says the heathen roundabout, which, of course, is interpreted and in, in, uh, it's the Gentiles. So once again, there's levels of relationship. You know, it's interesting that if you come alongside and you're grafted in or you, you accept the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, then you're brought into the covenant. But if you do not decide to do that, you do not decide to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you cannot be in covenant with them or participate in all the great things of the commonwealth of Israel. So everyone needs to understand that, you know, and it's not to differentiate, uh, you know, between good and bad, but it's actually to differentiate between those that are keeping covenant and those that do not. Uh, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, a Christian Zionist is one who, who loves the Jewish people, can pray for the peace of Jerusalem and all these things, but they don't really have a horse in the race because why? Why am I saying that? Because do they really want to live in Israel? Do they really want their inheritance? Uh, how far are they willing to go? You know, uh, we're, we're told different things in eschatology, but the bottom line is that we are to have dominion. We are to have dominion. So, so it's something to think about, you know. Don't spiritualize everything. It's got to be literal. You know, the land is, is literal. So we can see where uh, there are proselytes, there's the strangers, you know, there's the God-fearing people. Even back in the time of the New Testament, you know, Paul understood this. You know, there were those that would come in and out, and they were God-fearers, they were called God-fearers, but they weren't necessarily, they weren't really plugged in. They weren't really in covenant, but they feared God, but they weren't really a part of the next step of a covenant or a community, Ryan. And that's the thing. If you can't do Beit Tehillah, you can't do what's coming. And there's a vetting process going on right now, Beit Tehillah. And he's bringing it about. And it's just happening. And it just it is what it is. And, and my faith is being tested. I'm being tested by my faith. Uh, but once again, it's going to go back to looking out for your brother. You know, we're, we're so selfish in this culture. But here's a great question. Could the children of Israel redeem one of their brethren sold to a sojourner or a stranger? Yes. Leviticus chapter 25, verses 47 and 48. Yes. You know, we should help our brother. You know, sometimes we make bad mistakes or something happens. You know, we can we can help one another. We can actually get this thing going, you know. And uh, and of course, uh, it goes on to say um, in Leviticus 25, 55, who are the children of Israel unto the Lord? They're servants. servants. Yeah, witness and servants. Yep. 
They are servants. You know, it's interesting. I don't have time to go there, but in Romans and the grafting in process, it says, you know, be thankful you're grafted in because you could be broken off just like the natural branches. But it goes on to say, and I'm only sharing this with all of you that I find this interesting. It says, now that you have been grafted back in, show the natural branches mercy. That's what Paul says in regards to the grafting in process. So let me ask you a question. If the Jews aren't in your life, how are you going to show them mercy? Good question. That is a good That's question. A good question. So, so once again, it's a mutual respect between Judaism and Christianity, everybody. For those of you listening to this podcast, Beit Tehillah is not going into Judaism. Okay? We are Christians with Torah. All right? And that's dangerous. And by Christians, you mean that we believe that Jesus is God? Yes, we hold to the Christian doctrine of 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 salvation, of water baptism. You know, the deity of absolutely the deity of Jesus. I mean, so all I'm telling all of you is that this is the phenomenon that's happening. God's writing Torah on minds and hearts, Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8. Okay, it's all right there, and that's how we're responding. So now, what I got to do is, is I'm into managing people. How can we do this as a community? We can all run around with our Hebrew roots and not even have roots. You know, you take a plant and you plant it and then you pull it up and you plant it again and you pull it up and you plant it. It's going to die. You bloom where you're planted. And Beit Tehillah is a community that is strong and vibrant, strong vision, great community, variety of people, ethnic groups. And we're celebrating over 20 years. Amen. This, this, actually, this next fall, this November 17th of 2002, I'll be celebrating 17 years of being a senior pastor, spiritual leader of this community. And let me tell you something. It has been an adventure. It truly has been an adventure. And, and my faith is being tested all the time. You know, but the children of Israel are servants unto the Lord. You know, we, we have so many opportunities to serve. You know, I had somebody after prayer say, Pastor, I went to the stalls and I put toilet paper in there. And I said, thank you. Thank you. I don't have to mention their name, but you know what? That means a lot to me. How would you like to be sitting on the pot and there's nothing over there? This is important stuff, people. Hear me out on this, but we take it lightly. My goodness, there's so much to do, you know? Hey, can I take the trash out? Don't even ask. Thank you. Thank you, you know? So, you know, like I said, we're, we're, we're at a very critical time right now. And even Jesus said, I, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Yeah. You know, and I love that about the Lord. I love, I love this portion as we close out even next week. You know, this is just a great uh, a portion. Do you have any last thoughts, Ryan, as we, we can close out here? Uh, of course, we have Leviticus chapter 26, verses 1 and 2. But, you know, he, he, here's one. Uh, so the Lord is against graven images. This is chapter 26, verse 1. And I'm going to have Ryan read uh, Leviticus chapter 26, verse 2. It's the very last verse found in this portion. And I think it says it all. It does. It says, You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Um, you're right. I mean, it does say a lot in there. Keep my Sabbaths. Because we just came through uh, in 23 all about the Sabbaths, right? The high Sabbaths, the, the feasts of the Lord and whatnot. Uh, and then now we're here. So, you know, it, it, there's so much to be said for just simple obedience. And there's no documentation about they kept the Jubilees. That's, that's been lost. So we don't know where it starts and where it ends, everybody. So I want you to understand that. Some people are trying to figure out when's the next Jubilee going to be. You know? Oh, yeah. We, it's been lost in transition or whatever, but we, we don't know. But it's the concept that is so sure. cool. You know, and, and I just want to encourage all of you in that regard. We don't know the day or the hour. You know, we just don't know it. And, but we know the times, you know. So think about this I mean, about there's some concept. people that think that they know what they are. I'm, I mean, I'm, I remember when I turned 50. 
Yeah. They say, hey, man, that's when you're over the hill. I said, no, I refuse that. No, no, I'm the on top, top of the, the hill, hill is 40. How many times do we have to have this Over the hill is 40? See, yeah, when you get to the top of the hill, it's 40, and that's over the hill. So you're 10 years over the hill. I, I look, refuse don't, that. Don't look all dejected I, on I, me. I'm going to change that. <laughs> I want to be on top of the hill. Yeah, Let every decade down. it's the top of the hill, right? The hill just keeps getting bigger. I'm going to have to review that. I'll, I'll check that out later. I, yeah, I probably need to be corrected. <laughs> Maybe I'm over the hill, but I'm trying to go back up. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, isn't everybody? I'm done. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, uh, you know, every week um, we have our, our small groups. Last night we didn't have our small groups. We had Eliezer Braun, and he did a, a great job presenting to our group last night. And we have um, the two things that we go over. You know, the, the, the big things that, that spoke to me was that God has a system, right? So, like, the minute you look at the Bible and you say, hey, see, that's not right, because you've decided, obviously, what's good and evil for yourself. I'm just going to put you over in the wrong tree over there. But God has already made a way, if you just keep reading, which we say, keep reading a lot. Like, you'll read a verse, and then we just say, hey, read the next verse, because, oh, by the way, it, it adds some context for this or that. So keep reading is a little thing we do around here. But to that point, uh, God has already made a way where you thought there wasn't a way. Um, he doesn't just put people in slavery, right? This is, a, this is a, an economic system of servanthood where you can get yourself out of debt by working for somebody. This is an employer-employee relationship. And the second thing is that God is full of mercy and compassion. You know, think about it. You, you get in dire straits, something happens, you know, and you have to sell some property. Where's your brother? Guess what? You can redeem it. You burned all your bridges. Right. Well, and that's and that's the point, right? That that and the community helps the community. We have benevolence. Correct. We help people get groceries or, or pay their light bill. You know, get some gas. Get some gas or whatever. So you know, like I said, we we have this little thing, like Ryan was saying, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion, Behar on the mountain, uh, Leviticus chapter twenty-five, verse one through twenty-six and verse two. And this is from a consensus of the group. We didn't have our groups this time, but uh, we'll finish up with these two portions, I believe, next Monday. But I would just like to say two things in regard to this. Number one, this is what I got. God establishes certain times to set his children free. Woo! Now, it could be a, a personal bad habit. You know, have you all done that? I'll tell you, I've, I've had a bad habit. Have you ever been and, delivered to something and, then God and like gave you look you back? Steps and I, he set me free. But listen, have you ever been, you ever been delivered to something and then you look back and you're like, Man, I don't even remember the last time I thought about that. I got to give him the glory. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like I could I, go back to it, right? Like 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 a dog returning back to its vomit. Ooh, but, that establishes certain times to set his children free, and and by the way, to help you too. He'll use people, not always, but but he will use counselors. He'll use people or ministries. Uh, number two, there is a future jubilee coming when Yeshua returns. I'm going to drop the mic. Boom. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. This was a, a short one, but still a good one. Uh, we're going to finish up with a, uh, a few little things here. Um, the first of which is reviews, reviews, reviews. Guess what, guys? We got some more reviews. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, let me just, I'm going to read you one of them. And like, maybe, maybe I can make that like a thing, like discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith reviews every week. So here's one. It says, thank you, Pastor Nick and Ryan for sharing all that you learn uh, it has helped me so much to understand the Torah portion and the character of Yeshua. That's right. The Torah points to who? To Yeshua. And so we just thank you so much. And that was from TamZ0610. Uh, that was an iTunes review. So thank you so much for leaving a review for us, guys. You too can be a star on the podcast if you would leave us a review. Um, 
The uh, other things that I want to mention to you guys is that we are still counting the Omer. The Omer. That's my... Up to 50. That's right, baby. And we are almost halfway through. We are on day 24. Day 25 starts tonight at sundown, so that's exciting stuff. And uh, let's go ahead and read the blessing in Hebrew first. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kidshenu B'mitzvatav Vitzivanu Al Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. By the way, the 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 reference is Leviticus chapter twenty. Three verses 15 and 16. Leviticus 23, 15 and 16. All right. And there's the command, folks. And uh, today is the today 24th. Is the 24th day, day which, is which is three, three weeks, weeks and three, three days, days of, the, of counting the counting of the, of the Omer. Omer. Oh, man. Man, don't you just feel good after you do that? You're just like, man. Hey, listen. Historically, the Omer's an incredible count here because... The nation of Israel was founded during the counting of the Omer, May 14th, 1948. Pastor Nick they, was born. They No, that was 1967. Oh. They took back Jerusalem during the counting of the Omer. It's a time to be creative. It's a time for opportunities. Like I said, we just had Eliezer here, and he said two incredible things. You know, He mentioned a greater exodus. He put, this, he put the slide up there, and, and I believe Jeremiah 16, I believe it is, and he put it up there about this greater exodus, and I just taught on it after Passover. He has no idea what we're doing. He's a Jew from Israel formerly from Chicago. And he also shared that we are a remnant of a remnant of a remnant. Wow. Imagine that. The calls are coming in now. Look at that, folks. We're getting the calls into our radio station now. I'm just kidding. That's just Pastor Nick's cell phone ringing. But listen, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. Make sure uh, you check us out on social media, like, share, uh, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes, on SoundCloud, reviews, reviews, reviews. Did I mention reviews? I think I may have mentioned reviews at this point too much, uh, but I may mention it again, reviews, last time I swear. And then uh, if you want to call the office, 813-654-2222, uh, if you need anything there. And then you can live stream our services every Shabbat, every Saturday at 11 uh, Eastern Standard Time on any of our social media platforms and at twopraise.net. And don't forget, you can also give uh, and donate at twopraise.net. And in the memo section, please put podcast if you are a podcast listener and not a local member of the congregation. Uh, we love you. We thank you guys. Have a blessed week.